Welcome to the episode 6. In this episode we will cover one of the key blessings and gifts of Mahavatar Babaji to humanity, the Kriya. I would like to share my journey of Babaji's Kriya, how it started, how it evolved and where it is at the current stage. <laughs> in the hope that maybe it will be of help to all sincere spiritual seekers who want to dive into the ultimate grace and blessing of the Kriya. I came to know about the Kriya, of course, from the autobiography of a yogi back in 2004, and uh, it stayed with me. It stayed with me the moment when I read about a technique that is like a rocket in comparison to any other bullock cart technique that is available. There are many techniques, of course, breathing techniques, meditation techniques. But what Yogananda Ji said in the autobiography really struck me. And deep inside I knew that Kriya from Babaji is my technique, the ultimate technique in this lifetime. When we hear about certain key practices or key persons or places, we feel a certain resounding within. You must be familiar with this inner yes at different levels of the being, the inner click that happens, the inner recognition, this is for me. And it's very, very important to connect with this feeling, with this deepest of intuition, because divine resides in us. And when we get this deep inner confirmation that we just need to have the conviction and um, persistency in reaching uh, our goal. So when I heard about the Kriya, I knew Kriya is for me. However, for some reason, I did not feel connected to write to um, Yogananda's um, society in Los Angeles and uh, get the Kriya online. I felt that my Kriya initiation has to happen directly, in person, from a living master. The correspondence type of Kriya, um, it just didn't attract me. It didn't uh, resound. So I first started writing uh, to the team of Yoganandaji in, in uh, Los Angeles, and then I gave up on that. I felt this is not it. That's not what I'm after. So I decided to wait. So when I found a job in Dubai in 2005, right after uh, America and all the uh, master's degree studies, uh, of course, the, one of the first things on my list was Kriya, finding a guru, uh, which was actually the main reason why I came to that part of the world, because I was close to India. And um, I didn't have to search much, because there were um, quite many... Uh, promo materials of art of living available um, in the office and everywhere. And I became curious about art of living because I saw uh, the key technique is Sudarshan Kriya. So I was really interested, uh-huh, there is a Kriya. Um, and uh, I joined art of living 
And I must say at that time, it really felt great to be with Art of Living. There was um, a lot of joy. There were many friends to meet. Uh, I, I started feeling much lighter. I enjoyed yoga. Uh, Sudarshan Kriya felt also great because it kind of uplifts you. It, uh, it's more of a hyperventilation type. And uh, it brings a lot of lightness and flow in the body and increases the oxygen levels and so forth. Uh, and everything went well for a while and I dropped the idea of uh, Babaji's Kriya. Uh, but then after some time, um, it started coming back, uh, <laughs> the, the calling of Babaji's Kriya. And um, that calling came with certain tests or profound messages from within. Because on spiritual path, uh, we always, always have to be truthful to ourselves. Um, sometimes we sacrifice the truth for the sake of somebody else's um, support or love or for uh, somebody else's opinion or for what is comfortable. Um, <laughs> but then uh, deep inside we are not settled with it. Um, so there was one moment where I did mention um, Babaji's Kriya to one of the friends from Art of Living and he said, what Babaji's Kriya? This is the Kriya. This is the best thing ever. Uh, why do you have to look for something else? So in that moment I felt that there was no point saying anything. Uh, I was not uh, willing to talk about my astral experience with Babaji to any anyone who is on a um, different track, different path, you know. I've learned this, that uh, when people really deeply join one path, they're not interested about hearing about your experiences with somebody else or with some other guru. It just doesn't flow that. So I left it. But this germ was working inside of me. And um, somewhere it attracted uh, a reality of uh, meeting uh, a master who would bring Babaji's Kriya. And this happened most unexpectedly uh, in Dubai as well. Um, it was a master who was not, at that time, not at all present uh, in the media. Uh, but I did meet him uh, in 2006 when uh, I went with Dr. Maya uh, to different masters uh, for a project of her scan scanning the auras of the masters with a GDV camera. So we went to Hirarat and Manak, the San Yogi, we went to um, some other masters, and he, this master was on the list. So I did meet him at that time, and when I heard that he's coming to Dubai, um, I suddenly remembered that, and I was happy to, to join. There, was, there were very few people, maybe 10 or so people, in an apartment of one of the devotees of this master. I prefer for him to remain anonymous, simply to respect the privacy, um, but I would like to share this experience because it's important. So um, when he came to Dubai, um, I was told by his devotees that uh, he's uh, otherwise very friendly, so, but with Kriya, he's very strict. Uh, his uh, preconditions for someone to be initiated into Kriya are strict. So uh, you can uh, discuss it. You can. He gives the opportunity of one-to-one -one talk, but there is no guarantee that you will get the kriya. So I was like, okay, fair enough. Um, I'm simply gonna ask. So 
when I had my chance to talk to this master one-on-one, I shared really from the heart what I felt, how important Kriya was to me, and my experience. I shared my experience with Babaji. This is uh, this was a pair of receptive ears to which I could share my sacred experience with Babaji. And after I shared all that, uh, he looked at me deeply and he said, you are ready, you can come, uh, come to my center in India whenever you can, and I will give you the initiation. So I was really happy, <laughs> and it felt, uh, it felt great. So full of joy, I came outside, and I didn't think much. There were a couple of other devotees of this master, and they say, so how did it go? And I was like, it went great, and um, he's really wonderful, and I, I got the invitation to come to his center for the initiation. So this man's face turned yellow and he was like, what What do you mean? You, you got it? You got the uh, invitation for initiation? I said, yeah, it just happened now. So um, he said, well, that's amazing because so many of us are waiting. Like most of us, like two, three, four years, people are waiting to get initiation. They keep getting some other breathing techniques or preparations that we have to do. I'm amazed that you just got it like that. I mean, so he didn't seem too happy about it. And um, I, I mean, I understand why. <laughs> but at the same time, I felt like telling him, don't judge a book by its cover. Maybe I, I look like a jolly Western girl. Uh, but um, he, of course, wouldn't know what I went through and he wouldn't know uh, what was the content of our conversation with with this master. So um, I was, uh, I understood it's time to leave. <laughs> but um, after a couple of months, I, I went for the initiation. Yeah, with me, I had two more uh, dear souls. One was my sister, Dana, and second was Maria, my best friend from the student days in Rome. Uh, who was both of them also um, in the end got the uh, right for the initiation. So all three of us went, which was really amazing considering all the strict rules. Um, and um, I'll never forget this uh, unique experience of initiation. Uh, it really was very sacred and very humble, simple, and special. Uh, so as per the rules of this master, uh, for Guru Dakshina, which is like your gift of love to the guru with love and humility you give a gift before the initiation he said we should uh, each choose a flower and bring some fruits uh, and um, first we were brought into a very special room where there is a unique picture of babaji at the entrance to the room there was a picture of shirdi baba so uh, my heart was filled with with love and joy and um, it felt very special and then early morning uh, before sunrise, we were to meet in the meditation hall where the initiation would happen. So, filled with joy and um, gratitude, we awaited that moment the next morning early. But uh, he was late, and he, more than an hour he was late, and we thought probably this won't even happen. We don't understand why, why he's not coming. Then finally, when he came, he said that... Uh, in all his life, this never happened before. There was a unexpected discussion, uh, if not argument, that he uh, uh, underwent with telepathically, of course, with Babaji. 
Now, his, uh, what he calls Babaji is another uh, master in Babaji's fold, who is one with Babaji, so you could say it's Babaji, but it's not per se Mahatar Babaji. Uh, but we'll just say Babaji, it's okay. Uh, so he said um, with uh, Babaji, he had a detailed, long discussion because Babaji surprisingly wanted to give me the full Kriya or the advanced Kriya. I, I really don't know how it works in his gradation system, but uh, something like 25 rounds instead of the usual 18 rounds that uh, everybody gets during this initiation. So he was telling Babaji, no, she's not ready for that. This will be too strong for her. This could be even dangerous for her uh, to do this advanced version. Uh, but Babaji said, no, no, give it to her, give it to her. And again, <laughs> he was like, but this is this is too much. You know, she, she should first do this one for a while and then we see how it goes and then only she gets the other one. But Babaji insisted that he gives it uh, to me. So... Uh, <laughs> Uh, I was amazed, honestly, to, to listen to this. The, in a way, I was honored and, and amazed, and the whole thing was just surreal. And I felt it was really a reward for the depth of my um, calling and longing and you know, um, the feeling uh, that I had towards Babaji since I had this uh, astral experience. And I really know that Master know everything that's going on in the heart. So I was I was just so grateful. And it also made me wonder about my connection with Babaji from before that obviously brought the grace of all these experiences. Uh, because we don't get this just like that. It's not based on this lifetime itself. So when the moment came to receive the Kriya, I must say it was everything I, I felt it would be. And um, it was very deep. I, after I practiced the very first Kriya, the same happened with my friend uh, Maria and my sister Dana. All three of us were like, wow. <laughs> it was just, it just felt so sacred and so special and the effect was there. And I very uh, sincerely uh, started practicing. But something else happened uh, that day, which kind of, spoiled the magic, spoiled everything. And it brought that worm of doubt that then bothered me alongside with all these blessings. There was something. So let's say 99% it was wow. And then this 1%, it was a seed of doubt that started eating me from inside and just wouldn't let me settle fully with this path and with this master. And that was uh, disturbing for me. So what happened after all this, uh, we had a breakfast and then we went for some kind of a tour um, or a walk. And we happened to meet one older lady who is a sincere devotee of Satya Sai Baba and very generous. And she donated um, her land and made some bigger donation for uh, this master for a novel cause. And uh, when we met her, I just felt that familiar vibration of Baba, and she had a beautiful glow on her face, and uh, I was uh, touched. So we continued walking with this master, and then surprisingly he made a comment, a kind of derogatory comment about Satya Sai Baba, 
which really shock, shocked me. I didn't expect that, so it was something silly about old man, oh, old man like him dyeing his hair or something like that. So the generally it is known that Satya Sai Baba uh, doesn't change the color of his hair. It doesn't go turn gray. And um, I really don't believe that he's dyeing his hair. I mean, he's done so many greater miracles that this hair issue is least of my wonderments about Baba. Uh, but this master did not think so. And he thought, obviously, that Satya Sai Baba is a fraud. So I didn't feel it was appropriate that I argue, that I give my experiences, that nobody asked, and it's just not appropriate. And I kept quiet about it. But that was that moment that stayed. So I, I did start practicing the Kriya. I thought, okay, it doesn't matter. It's his opinion. I have my opinion. So I started practicing uh, this Kriya. Every morning uh, I would go to the beach around 5 o'clock and then do the Kriya. And then in that sacred silence I could feel how the sun is rising and then the waves change and then the birds start chirping. It was so beautiful and uh, it was my favorite place, uh, that beach uh, and me going there. And um, this was the time when I already lost uh, a, a job where I had higher income salary. I still stayed at the same accommodation, there was an arrangement, but there was a lot of insecurity. Um, I was looking for other job. There was a lot of turmoil, so this Kriya did help me. And I still continued the, the other Kriya also with Arto Living, and it all kind of went along together. Uh, but I remembered um, the experience that the holistic doctor, Dr. Maya, shared with me um, earlier, that she um, also went through a test. So she said, Satya Sai Baba, you know, it's not a coincidence that it's uh, his name is Satya. He uh, intentionally makes his performance and his being so a bit complex. And there's always, it brings forth the karmas, the judgments, you know. So uh, if you have a deep experience with Baba, it means you have a blessing to experience it. But then definitely there'll be some turmoils, some judgments. It's not going to be comfortable. <laughs> so this whole thing with this master who gave me my dream Kriya, but could not accept Satya Sai Baba. This was one of those dramas, you know, that that were actually testing my Satya, my truth. And I remembered her story. She said, you know, she's like a lady with a lot of respect, PhD, more than 30 ladies got healed from cancer through her homeopathy, vibrionics, herbal stuff, I don't know what all she does. She's an amazing person, and she's very respected in some circles. And she went to India for some seminar, maybe it was a medical or something, and she met, met um, a gentleman from um, the path of uh, Kriya Yoga. They're from Tamil Nadu, south of India, connected with this. Um, there was something, I remember she mentioned in the book of Babaji and the 18 Siddhas, and so something about the Siddhas and the Babaji and some caves and some very special place that very few people get to visit. 
So they felt that she had that caliber. She she had the maturity, and she, they wanted to invite her to show her a special uh, place connected with Babaji. And on the way to that location, uh, they spoke, and they asked her, so who is uh, your, your chosen guru? And she, she, has, she said, my guru is actually Satya Sai Baba. And then they stopped, and they looked at her, and they said, what? Are you serious? You, with, with a PhD, with so much of maturity, and you chose Satya Sai Baba as your guru? We have such fakirs at every corner of India. And um, she was just like, well, that is my guru. <laughs> and I said, well, if, if that is so, we cannot take you to this place. And she said, okay, very well, thank you. And she left. So that story uh, was very inspiring to me because she also was eager to go to this place, but she stood by her truth. And that integrity is a key quality of a, of a person who is truly on a spiritual path. We have to be truthful. So I remembered so many amazing uh, blessings from Baba. And on top of that, these uh, blessings continued because this was the time, soon after all this, I also met Mohanji. And then through Mohanji, Baba spoke and uh, confirmed that he's the one for uh, whom I prayed when I went to Baba's, Satya Sai Baba's abode. So then I started uh, living with Mohanji. And all this time, this germ was inside until a point where I decided that I have to be truthful, and I, I gave up on, on that Kriya. It was not easy for me, but I decided I, I will be truthful. And uh, with Monji, I started to have so many other experiences, and I felt it was just appropriate. It was the right thing to do. But then, you know, the seeking in me would not stop. Uh, there were we, we heard about some old man who brings Babaji's Kriya and, and he's very strict and uh, and so again I got interested you know? so <laughs> I was in a really interesting funny searching phase at that time I did not realize who Manji truly is I didn't realize that he would actually be my guru it was all kind of in a formative stage at his end and it was all confusion at my end and so many tests and leelas, you know, so this all went on at the same time. So many gurus, so many techniques from one to another. I was just continuously uh, roaming around uh, at the same time starting to understand. So Monji beautifully gave me the time. He never, ever objected. He never made fun of me. He never uh, tried to impose his opinion or his uh uh, norms on me, you know, and I truly and deeply appreciate that patience and that love and support. Now that I look back, um, this was the part of my maturing process, and I simply had to go through it experientially, not through somebody else's words. So I happily joined this other Kriya. Uh, I really don't remember the name, and very old man, and he really was strict, and he um, had a completely different kriya something i don't know i don't know what it was it was like um uh every day a different visualizing thing something on the theme of babaji and his eyes and this and that 
but every day it was different, and we were not allowed to write down. And he said, Kriya is always mouth to mouth. Uh, it, and it has to uh, be memorized. If you can't memorize this, you are not eligible to do the Kriya. So I really did my best to remember all those daily techniques, one after the other. Um, and then um, I was happy. At that time, uh, it, that was exactly the time when I moved to Rashidia, just behind the Dubai airport. Um, since uh, I lost another job and I moved out of that villa by the sea and the whole thing was gone, um, we both of us decided to move in together because he also lost his job, I lost my job. And that was the time when um, we started uh, getting into more sincere uh, spiritual practice. He would um, chant his mantras and our oil lamp would go crazy, wild, with the, with the, with the flame would increase. And once uh, he chanted something that um, the f- actual middle part of the, of the oil lamp became red you know it's metal metal in the middle and then you have this um, um, cotton little string in the middle well that metal part in the middle became red like lava and the flame went up and there were so many experiences with Monji and his chanting and so it was all really fascinating for me and I felt so happy that my dream came true that I'm with somebody who wakes up early in the morning and we do sadhana together. So I was doing this Babaji's, <laughs> the, the latest version. I really tried to, every day to do the, the visualizing the way it was told. And one morning, it was like 4.30 in the morning, I was doing that. And then Mohanji uh, joined me you know, near the altar and uh, he kissed me in the cheek. And I was like, don't interrupt, I'm, I'm seriously doing this. And I'm, I'm doing this Kriya, and then suddenly he says, Oh, Babaji just told me telepathically, not like that. It's just a bit different. It's like this. So I was like, oh, okay. And then I changed it. Then then it struck me. Oh, my God. You know, Babaji told him. So it, all, it was all like really, really funny, you know, very <laughs> cheerful and funny. At the same time... Uh, it struck me, yes, I already had one experience with Babaji, and now Babaji is monitoring my Kriya, so I better do it correctly. But it also struck me that, you know, I'm with somebody with whom Babaji talks. And um, it just was so beyond this world for me, and really cute. So I did continue with this Kriya for a while until another Kriya <laughs> came my way. So it was just hilarious that all of a sudden there were all these Kriyas happening. And uh, this was now, again, completely different. Um, This man, um, I can't even call call him a master. He had more of a scientific approach. And uh, he got this Kriya, I can't remember from from where, but um, I happened to learn this when I was in uh, my second yoga teacher training, I think, uh, um, with another master in India, seated by a banyan tree, uh, which is a very special banyan tree. This is not, no ordinary place. And uh, this master said it's uh, one of the portals to Shambhala. And um, he's, he was searching for that tree for years. And then finally, uh, somebody donated the land and gave him the land where he found this tree. So it's a very special tree, definitely. And uh, one morning I was meditating under this tree, and here I meet this man, 
um, who has a couple of his followers with him and they were doing the Kriya. And I kind of jokingly asked if I could join and he, he agreed to teach me, which was amazing. So I was overwhelmed. I was like, okay, thank you. And I did what they did. But it just took me. This Kriya took me somewhere else. And I entered into a state of Samadhi. So they were all gone. They finished their Kriya. I don't know how long I sat there. And then when I got up, I could feel the oneness with the nature. I could feel when the trees move, it's like hairs on my body. Um, you know, I could feel everything was within me. There was no breathing. There was no blinking. If I started walking, it was like a levitating walk, very slow motion. This happened to me once before already, so uh, I was just overwhelmed uh, by this experience that, again, I'm entering this state. And uh, naturally, I was impressed with that Kriya. Now, again, this is a completely different concept of Kriya from any of the previous ones. Um, and um, then I was completely sidetracked with this new uh, master, you could say, this uh, teacher. And he uh, was very eager to come to Dubai. And I offered, I will organize for you. I know people in Dubai, I live there. So I organized for him to come to Dubai and to conduct a workshop. And we told everybody about it. And um, that came out in the media also. And then there were some people from Art of Living who was like, oh, so you're now organizing some other Kriya, you know, so they felt this was n really not good, and there were like almost gossips about me, and then this master brought this Kriya, it was nice, but then there were also some other dramas with him feeling that uh, he was not paid enough, and that I could have put, put up a higher price, and so he was obviously after, you know, fame and money, and uh, he wanted to be recognized for his work, and uh, it's totally, of course, his feeling what the price should be, and I, I kind of left it there, and I didn't organize uh, again uh, his kriya. And it didn't. After I started doing this kriya again, away from the banyan tree, it didn't have that kind of an effect. So as you can imagine, I was totally kind of lost with my kriyas. You know, there were there were in the end too many kriyas, and nothing really worked for me. And I was in a some kind of a whirlpool of everything. And uh, in the end, um, I gave up on this. Now, the main reason why I uh, gave up on this last Kriya, uh, he did ask me, this teacher asked me if I would want to take up a task of like teaching this Kriya to other people and kind of really commit to it. And uh, the precondition for that, uh, he said, was um, that I give up any other technique uh, if it has any element of visualization. Because unlike the previous one, this one has absolutely no visualizing. And visualizing, is, he said, was mind's activity and it uh, does not go with the Kriya. So he was very strict about this. So I was supposed to drop all other techniques if they had an element of visualizing. Then I thought, well, I'm not doing much visualizing anyway. Then I remembered the power of purity. It's, bar purity is mainly about the heart, but the initial part uh, does have an element where you visualize your parents and your teachers and to thank them, to invoke them and all that. So I, I mentioned this. He said, well, yeah, you have to give it up. If you want to do this, you have to give it up. Then I went home and Manji was there and um, 
I told him about this. I said, well, I got the proposal to, you know, kind of take up the uh, torch of carrying this Kriya forward and teaching other people, uh, which is quite quite an honor that I was asked this, but uh, I would need to drop all the visualizing uh, techniques. So power purity has some elements of visualizing. So what do you think? What should I do? Because, I mean, I don't want to... I don't know what should I do now. So in that moment, um, Monji said, well, you, you do what you feel is right. But then his face kind of changed and his eyes became very intense. And I uh, stood and looked at his face and he said, Shirdi Baba is here. And then he said, Baba just told me, she's useless, just give up on her. And I felt... <laughs> You know, my heart was beating hard and I felt like crying. And it was this really strong scolding, which I felt that in the end I deserved. Um, while all these things, amazing things uh, were happening before my eyes with Manji, the very fact that I even came to ask him about giving up a power of purity for somebody else's Kriya was a, a sign that I was just too confused. You know, I was I was not on my path fully and uh, sometimes masters they, they really shake us you know they they just bring this shaking moment into the picture to really wake us up from the mind's games and confusion and slumber so that was the moment where i understood that um i need i i need to put my act together so i stood by the truth of power of purity you know i'm i would never ever analyze something that came from Shirdi Baba, from the masters, and and with so much of grace that I experienced. So visualizing that, visualizing, I don't care. It's it's real. So I went to this master and I told him, thank you, I, I, I will stay with power purity and with what I'm doing, and this is not obviously my path. So in the end, all these kriyas dropped off, <laughs> one after the other. I went through all of that just to realize that I'm at the very beginning where I was, you know, and to realize what my path is. So in a way, I had to go through that experience. And then the ultimate uh, grace happened uh, a couple of years later. I, I gave up on the Kriya, honestly, and um, never thought about this, uh, that, never thought that this would happen, but a day came in 2014, um, I was still working in Oman and we were just visiting a friend of ours in Dubai and we got up early in the morning. I remember it was a time when Moranji for the first time had a certain negativity attack of some sort. Um, there were people who were talking bad about him for whatever reason and it was it came as a shock. And uh, um, we were thinking about this and why why this happened and how how come and all this and we're like how how could they say that or how could they do that i remember this was um, the drama that was going on and that morning when we got up uh, we saw uh, an apple there was one uh, vase and there were a couple of fruits there there was one apple on a side and something was engraved in it as if you took a sharp knife or a toothpick or something and write, you know, if you write something in the apple. 
And it was amazing. All around, you know, the apple, uh, there was a text. And it says, just be love. And in the signature below, Baba. It was just an amazing moment. You know, <laughs> I never thought I would live to see a message in the apple. You know, and Monji um, said, yes, this is Baba saying, don't, don't pay attention to any of this. When you know your truth, do not energize negativity in any way. Just ignore it. It's not worth it. And uh, we just felt so blessed. And Manji said, let's cut this apple in different um, slices and everybody will take one piece. You know, so I got one, Manji, Mila, she was only three years old then. And our hosts, uh, all of them got one piece. And um, we went, went back into the room. It, uh, it was early morning, just like five o'clock. And um, we sat uh, on the bed and Manji was kind of into in a meditative mode and then suddenly he told me bring me a pen and a paper but he was like very bring me a pen and a paper very very fast i could feel something is flowing something is coming and it's very urgent so i scrambled and i found an empty a4 sheet paper and i gave it to him and suddenly he started writing something so it was obvious to me that he's channeling, he's receiving, downloading something. And the energy was superb. I just sat there, meditated, waited. And then um, with great excitement when I saw it was over, I leaned over and looked. It said, the Kriya. So as you can imagine, my joy knew no bounds. I was simply overwhelmed that I lived uh, to see the moment where my guru gets the Kriya from Babaji, the ultimate gift I was waiting on. <laughs> so I was even more amazed when we actually went through it and when the first initiation happened. I think only a couple of days later we had uh, the very first initiation. A couple of people were called from our like closer circle and um, Mohanji explained what was received, and uh, so I was there for that very first initiation. And I must say that what was even more amazing was that um, two, three elements of the Kriya from that other master who gave me the initiation in India, and uh, uh, later on I had to drop it because of the Satya Sai Baba issue, uh, two or three elements were pretty much the same. So I was like, wow, you know, of course I would have never ever revealed any 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 of the Kriyas I never revealed to anybody else. And I was taught um, to always respect the masters, never talk bad about masters, simply you don't like something, move away. Uh, but I refrained from uh, commenting, analyzing, comparing, uh, I understood each Kriya was different. If something is for me, I stay with it. If it's not, I, I move uh, away from it. But um, I was amazed how this Kriya had elements of the other Kriya. And uh, <laughs> I mean, nobody knew about this except me because I was the only one in the group who had the other initiation. But there was much more to it. Um, there were these two elements, but then there were some other elements which were like pieces of the puzzle that brought in the full picture. 
This is how it felt to me. Uh, only now I could actually understand the multidimensional profundity of the Kriya. Um, so Monji, the Kriya that Monji received had these different elements to it. You could say preparatory elements and then the key uh, part, uh, which is uh, the, the actual heart of Kriya. But then preparatory parts are also very important. So the, it's like a journey in a full circle. You start the circle from a um, technique that signifies the womb of the consciousness, from where we start as a soul. Then the soul enters mother's womb, and then there's a different breathing and a different process there. Um, because all of us, while in the mother's womb, we, we actually breathe in a certain way, and the way the consciousness flows is the same for all human beings. And that was confirmed to us later uh, through another experience. So I share all this only with people who are in the actual Kriya initiation, so I cannot give these details now, but it's very profound. Then from the mother's womb, we go into the horizontal time and space, right, which is our physical reality now. And then the key part comes where we rise up vertically back into the womb of consciousness. And that's how we close the circle. So you could say that one Kriya is like one lifetime less. <laughs> it imitates the journey of the soul. And if you do it properly, it actually really speeds up the karma. It reduces the number of lives uh, that we are uh, re remaining lives from this one onward. And um, gives us a way to cut across karma into liberation. So um, it's a very profound technique and Manji said if you are being initiated into this Kriya this is your number one practice if you're doing some other things uh, you know you have if you truly recognize what Kriya is you will drop it uh, or you will simply do it later if you have time but for this one you have to find the time it's only half an hour actually and um, Kriya used to be eight hours it's known, like in the past, in the olden days. So uh, I was fully settled with this experience. And from there on, I started with the Kriya regularly, had many, many experiences with it. And um, again, I'm, I'm grateful for my journey. I'm grateful for all the other searching. And I'm beyond grateful to Babaji and Mohanji for for this gift of Kriya. We have a team now. Um, you know, if you're applying for this Kriya, it doesn't mean if you apply that you're not going to get in. There's like a certain scrutiny you have to go through and um, you have to be eligible. Uh, your answers have to have the right kind of sound. <laughs> and there's certain criteria they look at. And so not everybody who applies for Kriya is actually approved to come for the initiation. And uh, Monji was also guided to um, aside from teaching the Kriya uh, during the initiation, there is a special Shaktipad that he gives only in this case. It's a Shaktipad that aligns the three main Nadis, the three main meridians, uh, Ida, Pingala, and Shushumna, in a way that we ensure that once the uh, Kundalini rises, it rises through the proper central meridian, not through any of the other two, which can happen to people due to wrong practices or whatever. So um, 
this initiation comes uh, only from the master and uh, because there is a great interest from people around the world we now have myself and some couple of other people who have been trained to actually teach the kriya as a method but the actual initiation um, after a kriya training happens only when manji gives that shaktipat only then it's you can actually consider yourself initiated so that's uh, the process of consciousness kriya by mohanji uh, i would like to end this uh, by another uh, experience my recent experience happened in uh, December 2019 uh, when I went to the sacred city of Kashi or Varanasi. I went for a Unity Earth uh, event, which was like a multicultural, interreligious uh, unity event as a global ambassador of Manji Foundation and totally did not expect uh, that I would have anything related to Kriya or Babaji happening here. But it was a huge blessing, and um, it brought me a superb experience with which I, would, I will sh end this sharing today. So what happened is that in Varanasi, there is the home of Lahiri Mahasaya. Uh, if you read Autobiography of a Yogi, you will know who he is. Uh, the very first disciple who started this Kriya lineage uh, in the modern uh, time he was uh, he lived in um, 19th century and Lahiri Mahasaya's home is there and uh, also his samadhi is there and also samadhi of his um, uh, son and grandson so the, the whole lineage through the family the Kriya continued I didn't even know that so I um, I went there and uh, I went through the um, experience that really touched my heart. Um, I arrived to this place because I missed, in the morning I missed some event because the schedule was filled with many events. I missed that event. By the time I had my breakfast, I searched for the entire group. They said they already left. So initially I was sad about it, but then I suddenly remembered, oh, Lahiri Samadhi, uh, the Samadhi of Lahiri Mahasaya. Maybe I should use this time to visit this venue. But then, you know, on my own, I don't know uh, how to find it. So I just inquired at the reception. Uh, I got the address of this place through another friend, uh, Manji's devotee from the U.S., who went there. Uh, so Lata, my friend, she uh, sent me the, the address, approximate address. She said you have to walk through the really narrow streets, but this is the area where you will find it. Um, so <laughs> I went to reception, they said, uh, yeah, actually, this is only 10 minutes from here. I can't tell you how joyous I felt. I knew that I'm being invited because it's, I realized that I missed this other event because I'm supposed to go here. I just knew that right away. So I said, yippee, I'm going. I booked a rickshaw, a tuk-tuk, and I went there and, uh, Quite easily I found it. I asked five, six people. They said this way, that way, turn here, turn there. And I arrived to this venue. And um, I didn't know what, what are their working hours, when are they open, when are they not open. But they were not open at that time. They said uh, they are opening uh, like a, an hour later. So I was a bit concerned because I have very little time. Um, and I just stood there. And then I saw another group of people, maybe four or five of them, and they were entering. 
So I was like, okay. And, you know, I just stood together with them. And as they entered, I entered. So, you know, if they're entering, maybe I can just also enter. And there was a very humble, nice man uh, at the entrance. And he let us all in with a nice smile. And then we reached there. And these people all spoke, um, I think, Tamil language. And they just briefly got in, got some prasad, bow down, this, that, and they were leaving. But I was not in that category. I didn't come there to just have a look and leave. You know, I wanted to stay and meditate, do my kriya. And that's why I came there. So, um, and I didn't even know what was there. You know, I just saw um, like an altar and murtis of Lahiri Masaya and two other masters, which I then realized were from his family, the son and grandson. And um, I kind of stood in there and then uh, I turned to the left side and there was some kind of brightness and energy. And I had a look. There was a huge white murti, a statue of Mahatar Babaji. And behind him, there was a huge um, painting or a picture of Kailash from like a bird's perspective, you know, but beautiful. And the energy that hit me in that moment was just like overwhelming. And I just stood there and I'm like, I need to I need to stay here, you know, I, I need to stay here. So I was about to sit down when there was some lady behind me who started scolding me. Madam, this place is closed. Go outside. Come back later. It's closed now. So I was, uh, you know, I couldn't even talk. I was so in awe of what I saw. And uh, uh, when she scolded me, I felt like, oh, okay, I'm, I understood. Okay, I'm, this, I'm not doing the right thing. I shouldn't have entered or whatever. So... I slowly, like a dazed person, I was walking outside. But then the humble man the, who was cleaning the hallway, uh, he, he was there. And uh, so I said, okay, goodbye. I will be sitting here in front of the door because um, the lady inside, she told me that I should leave and come back later when you are opening. Um, and he said, you, you want to meditate? I said, yes, that's what I came for. And he said, oh, it's okay. You go sit there and meditate, no problem. <laughs> so I was like, are, are you sure? Uh, because she, I was thinking she did scold me quite strongly. You know? No, 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 no problem. You go meditate. It's okay. So then again, I walk in happily. <laughs> I go back towards the murti. <laughs> when this lady is again, didn't I tell you to leave? You can't be here. It's closed now. And then this cleaner comes. In fact, I don't know what his role is in there, but he was cleaning at that time. He's very sweet and humble. And he said, it's okay, she can meditate. And then she's like shouting, and he's it's okay, it's okay. So it was like hilarious. It's like a movie. And then finally, for the third time, and he said, it's okay, and with his calming voice, she finally calmed down and sat there and kept quiet. And I went in. I, I was overwhelmed, you know, I was, I was overwhelmed that I could sit there without being disturbed for an hour and do my Kriya, you know, because I have not, um, once people start walking in and, you know, taking photos or whatever people do when they come to an uh, interesting place, it disturbs the energy and I, I just really wanted to do the Kriya. So I um, sat there overwhelmed I was overwhelmed with the energy it was like 
I can't even find it. It's like you are in the midst of the snow, but you don't feel the cold. There's this intense whiteness and purity and really intense uplifting um, energy. And everything is moving upward. I could feel the energy, is the energy of levitation. And um, at some point, my eyes rolled up and they stayed there. And um, I... St- I started doing the the Kriya, the Consciousness Kriya, uh, and I kind of um, went through the preparatory part, I think, a bit faster because the energy was pulling me so strong that I couldn't wait to reach the actual vertical breathing of the Kriya. And then it just took me up. It took me up, all the way up somewhere, and every breath was, like, super long. (laughs) Like, I would inhale, I would travel upward, and then stay up there for I don't know how long, and then slowly with a very warm exhalation come down the spine, then again up, and then I travel, travel, and travel. So it was like a superb, profound experience where uh, something happened to my kriya that that moment. Uh, there was like a something got penetrated in the vertical journey, and now my kriya is different. And I've consulted with Moenji and I said I I have kind of added, whenever I remember this experience now, I add something to that vertical journey and it becomes longer. So um, Moenji said, uh, yeah, just do, do the Kriya in that way. So the, there was a small upgrade, a small update to my Kriya, a very minor one, but very powerful. And... Um, the proof to me, it was a very funny moment, the proof to me that I went into a very deep state was that um, there were mosquitoes there. But for the first time in my life, <laughs> I was able to remain seated and allow mosquitoes to bite me. Actually, it was only one bite that I really could feel. But I was in an altered state, so when the mosquito bit me, I felt the heat of that prick of the mosquito... Uh, But it's all in kind of like slow motion. Then I could feel in a circle around that prick of the heated energy uh, of the bite. But the actual itching did not feel like itching. It was just the uh, warmth which was there. But my body was in a different vibration. And there was no way I was going to move my body to scratch or remove the mosquito from myself or anything. So <laughs> it was like an um, experience of a mosquito bite from another dimension. <laughs> and I always joke that uh, when I go into deep meditation, I can handle anything, even outside noise, heat, cold, this and that. But mosquitoes always manage to disrupt me. Somehow uh, I have this uh, intolerance towards mosquitoes. So this was the uh, important experience for me in my mosquito karma. I was able to withstand the mosquito bite and it just felt completely different and everything was slow as if the time stopped or the time slowed down to a point where immense stillness and freshness and sanctity of the moment was there. And a lot of tears flowed down my face. Uh, It's like you are not crying but the tears are flowing by themselves. This happened to me once before in experience with Divine Mother in one Serbian Orthodox monastery years back. And this was the second time I felt that. Um, 
it's very special when you don't cry and your tears are flowing. It, it, it's it's like a ultimate grace uh, of divine blessing. So <laughs> I stayed there in that kriya for almost two hours and nobody came. So after they opened up the place for another hour, nobody came. And then only when I was done with the kriya and I also took a photo, I really had to take a photo of that place for memory, uh, and I was about to leave, then uh, many other people came, there were groups of people coming and inquiring and taking photos, and um, and I spoke with a gentleman who is the main pujari there taking care of the uh, puja room, and he was happy to meet me, and then he gave me this VIP treatment, you know, all of a sudden, and he took me into the altar room, explain each and every photo, each and every place. And this was the um, Shiva Lingam that, on which uh, Lahiri Masaya himself did Abhishek for so many years. And then this is the Samadhi, this is this herb, is this, this is that. He was so sweet, you know, he just took me all through the whole place. And I, I could like, I was still dazed off from <laughs> everything that I experienced. And they said that the grandson of Lahiri Masaya is already 80-something years old, and he lives in France. So maybe uh, we could even meet uh, if uh, if possible, because I live in Slovenia and it's not so far away. So overall, this experience kind of crowned uh, my career further, and um, my journey with Babaji continues. Uh, it is that of complete surrender and deepest possible gratitude, which I hope I could convey properly through my words. Thank you for sharing this experience with me, and we'll continue soon with uh, one final um, podcast about Babaji, uh, focusing on the actual Shambhala or the Gyan Ganj. Thank you. Shakti